This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. We all have our own personality traits, quirks, and even biases. Whether you're aware of them or not, our past experiences play a role in how we, well, role-play. In many cases, they help us add richness to gaming, but in some instances they can hold us back, or even worse. Hey folks, welcome to Up Your RPG. My name's Arthur. I am joined, as always, by Michael and Emily. And this week, for the second week in a row, we are graced with the presence of Rick. You love it. I do. Um, Emily, the show is all yours. Great. (laughs) So, we all have our baggage. We bring it into the game. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes it helps. Maybe by the end of this episode, we can convince you to find ways to use it to your advantage. But since I'm starting and I'm really good at talking about the things I do badly, I'm going to start with myself. (laughs) Excellent. So one thing that continually frustrates me with perhaps every character that I've made is that I always wish that I could be chaotic something or just a little evil or even just rude and out of game i i can but for some reason in game i have a lot of trouble i always end up just being nice and even i have like made sticky notes and put them around saying remember you're grumpy or something like that (laughs) It just, I don't know. I don't even, you know, I'm in my head. I don't even know if it comes across that way, but I feel that way. Hmm. And it's frustrating. Was was there a time in one of our games that you were trying to go more, uh, less nice? Um, oh, I have to remember some of the characters from the, the shorter... Like the the mm-hmm. you know six week one offs and stuff yep. because, yeah. I mean I can um, think of plenty of board games where you stabbed me in the back. Well, sure, but yeah, the problem is I don't have to improvise dialogue. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can act evil in my actions. I just can't come up with dialogue on the spur of the moment. I can play an evil character if I have a script. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess. For instance, this isn't, so this isn't evil at all, but the first example that comes to mind is just that Florence was supposed to be like really, you know, straight line, down to business, doesn't put up with any bullshit. Mm -hmm. But instead she ended up being like, let me help you. Let me save everyone. Let me bake you some scones. Let me bake you some scones. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So then I decided... I'd go with Joe because she was a teenager. Teenagers can be assholes, right? Like I thought that would kind of free things up a little bit. But then I felt held back by the whole like, I'm 16 surrounded by adults. What would that feel like? Like, would I actually have the nerve? Or, you know, I don't know. Hmm. So so are we at a turning point? This new character that's showing up right now? No, I'm just is trying there, it again. I'm just trying again. We'll okay. see what happens. All right. All right. Every time I try for something, then I just end up being fucking nice. <laughs> do, do, do you think do you think it's you're drawing right from your own personal experience for many of these for your content, for your dialogue? 
And if that's, well, that's the case, the point. Yeah. Right, right, so, when right, it's so, in right. the moment, I can't plan it in advance. And I just have to like, I just end up being nice. So, so could you, could you derive that then from somebody else who is an asshole in real life? Um, and so maybe make a, uh, either a very old character, right? Or uh, somebody crank, crankety or, or crotchety. It's crankety is not a word. <laughs> I should definitely be crankety. Um, it's an old mechanic term. I don't know. Um, but, nope, uh, no, or, or, crankety crank. Yeah. It. yeah. Don't That's... talk back. Uh, so, or make a male character. Uh, right, something where maybe you can pull. Yeah, they're all jerks. Yeah, so I, I noticed. Yeah, so Rick, old people and males are jerks. Yeah, That's it, what I'm I get from this. It, it does seem like Rick, you are looking at me in the Zoom as you're as you're describing this character, and I'm not sure I like that. Um, I'm just trying not to look at myself. That's <laughs> oh, all. <that> is. Fair, <laughs> fair. No, so I mean, I don't know, right? Because but if I channel so- you, I'll just punch someone in the throat. No, right. Yeah, that's true. That's you, my characters. Well, I, for real though, one question is: Do you think that part of this is a function of the balance of the group? Right, like at at some point, if you like, there's no way I can out asshole all of you. <laughs> no, just that we need a. Ba- I mean, it's like we need a cleric in a group, right? Like you yeah. need, um, if nobody else is taking up that like sweet role. Also, I'm sorry, Michael, because I think I just out assholed you. Do you want to finish what you were saying? No, that's good. You you. I think we're coaching you right into the character you want to be right now. <laughs> I mean, that, that is an interesting point is, is how do you go about doing something that doesn't come naturally? Yeah. Right. When, when it's a challenge, but you want to explore it, what are some tools you can use to try to let go of that apprehension um, and, and that sort of natural leaning um, and lean into a direction that, that you might not be otherwise comfortable with. And I would argue that's where GMs have it easier, right? Because even though they're responsible for maybe creating uh, more characters, they at least have the opportunity to experiment with them, right? Like if you're like, oh, this grocer's probably going to be in here for like a scene or two, I can make him a total jerk and we'll see how that goes. And I can probably pull that off for like five or 10 minutes. But like to Emily's point, right, to have to immerse yourself into the character and then stay crotchety. And maybe you don't want to be crotchety, right? Like maybe that's just not a fun experience, too. Yeah. I also don't want to build a character that will be just kicked out of the group. Or one dimensional, right? I mean, if you just anchor on that one personality trait, you may become become a crotch. I guess my answer to that would be, I always say, right, like uh, improv or derive your characters from what you know, right, or your content. Same as same as when you're a DM. And so I would say, either if you're not going to mimic it off of us, maybe a, a fictional character, right? Be like a less racist uh, Archie Bunker if you want to be a crotchety, mean character, right? I mean, you know, anything you could think of from literature or, or what have you, right? But use that as your anchor, right? And then use that as the model or the archetype, I suppose. So that way you're still modeling it off of something you know. But, but at least you have a mental anchor towards something else that's not yourself yeah. or your personal experience. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't Anyone know. read Joe Abercrombie? Oh. Well, for any listeners out there who do, I just thought of Logan Nine Fingers. He <laughs> writes really great characters with depth that are also, they can be, they can do really evil things and be really selfish and be like the worst person ever. Mm-hmm. But they are still a a full round deep character mm-hmm. anyway there you, there you go 
Here's your answer. So um, I want to take the focus off of me now. So I'm going to ask, actually, now, Rick, I, this is not a joke. I did mention the throat punching earlier, but I'm not trying to pigeonhole you as only, I'm sorry, as Punchy only McPunchison. being a violent, you know, unpredictable character. But your characters definitely do things that you do not. Can I can I find some inspiration in the way that you play your characters? <laughs> no, don't at no. all. No, I mean like I I I I'll be honest. Like I've never been in a fight. I don't. Uh, I'm a complete pacifist, uh, and so uh, which I punched surprising. someone once. Yeah, see, I see, not me. So like maybe this surprise. No, she did audience. punch you. Actually, I think that's <laughs> oh. what she's saying. Oh shit! Oh, no, yeah, I you did. Two people. I punched two people. <laughs> So maybe you're my inspiration. This is getting meta. Oh my god! Um, okay. Anyways, so I mean, so to answer that question, I think I think those two moments for me are, are a mix. I think it's a combination of um, I was playing characters with some sort of um, trauma, right? And I don't want to use that because that seems as a cop out, and it doesn't actually respect right, like folks that Jen have real PTSD. But in the like post World War One vet, right, or some sort of setting where maybe like. Uh, they 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 get frustrated and they take things out right uh, when they can't maybe come up with a dialogue you know way of getting out or extricating or answering a situation. Um, same thing with Bello. He had sort of a family history or, or with his parents, right? Something that I'm using is like the backstory of these characters so that I can actually base what they're going to actually do. And I think the tricky part is for me is I probably could come up with dialogue that would be relevant for those characters, but I don't I don't have that background, right? Maybe similar to mm -hmm. your situation. And so um, my like improv answer was this slapstick punch right out, um, just yeah. to have something to do to get out. And I think in hindsight, for me, it's been a lot of learning. And I think I would probably take a beat and take a minute before I made an answer right off the bat. Um, and so that's been my learning lesson. I don't think I regret those. But um, that's that's maybe my take in terms of like a bias or a tendency if you're trying to improv from something that you don't have yeah. as a background, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I yeah, want to change the. Uh, Emily, ahead, can Michael. I just jump in before you? I was going to go to you anyway, so, so oh. go for it. Well, no, because there's something that uh, Rick said a while ago that I I kind of want to jump back to, and it was the term a less racist Archie Bunker, and I just want to, I because I don't want a listener to kind of mistake what we're talking about there and that we're that in full disclosure role... i don't know who archie bunker is right but the the idea i don't want anybody to misunderstand i i think what rick meant to say was a not racist or like a crotchety archie bunker yes and, yes exactly right but but like i i don't want uh to to absorb racism into a character and then try to role play that creates a whole host of issues at the table which we're going to talk about at some point in the future but i just want to kind of clarify that we're not advocating taking on those qualities in your role playing uh because it presents a lot of issues at the table and <clears throat> i didn't want rick to be misinterpreted there in that moment either i, I appreciate it now you're right uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. so anyway i'll throw it back over to you with that emily great well uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. As I said, I wanted to change the focus a little bit because so far we've been talking about things that hinder us. And I wondered if you as a GM or as a player had noticed any of your, any of the baggage that you bring to the game that actually might help you that you feel is a strength. Whoa, a strength. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. 
I, yeah, talk about our strengths. Okay, this, this, well, this, I mean, this, this is therapy for, for instance, you. This yeah. is therapy for you. The thing about how you realized, well, I think you said this pre-game, uh, pre-show, but you love your characters to have cinematic endings. And in the process of being a GM, you realize that not everybody has that same uh, drive when they're building a character. However, I think as an observer and a player in your game, that the fact that you love to always look for those cinematic arcs and you look at the game as a filmmaker and as a writer, that that makes for great storytelling. And so I really enjoy it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I get by with that as my answer? Because I like that <laughs> answer. You can if you want. Yeah. But but I will. I mean, I'll talk about a little bit more about like when I play the game, I'm a terrible player um, that, uh, because I view my character as this vehicle like heading towards an explosion, right? Like I think of them as a comet. And oh. like when you see the comet up close, like it's over. Right. So I that's a little that... more extreme than I was thinking. Oh, I guess. really? Okay. I, uh, I was imagining your character with a full arc and, uh, you know. I, I, I don't like personally when I play the characters, that's why I love y'all's characters so much is I don't have a lot of patience for my own. If I'm GMing and I bounce from character to character, that's fine. They can take years to make their arc. But when I'm playing one, I have a lot of trouble with that. And, um, and that's my bias is that I... I kind of tire of my character and like, I want them to like have an explosive ending. Um, yeah. And so, but I, what I found right through one of our discussions in the last, I don't know, eight months was that not everybody likes to play their character that way. And that was a revelation for me. Right. Because I, um, one of the, I thought of the setting as a way to expedite that process for y'all and uh, so that was a big eye-opening moment for me to realize that, you know, players might be looking for something different out of their characters that I'm looking for out of my characters. And it's pretty simple and straightforward and a little embarrassing to kind of say that I couldn't recognize that out loud. But, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that I've learned, certainly, in the last year. Well, it's not embarrassing because you did figure it out. You played, you had different experiences, you talked to people, you learned something new. That's what our show is about, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Great. So Art, I wanna ask you something too. Mm -hmm. I've heard you say before a couple of things. First, that you really love building characters. And second, mm -hmm. that many of your characters die. And so you end up That's building true. a lot of characters. Yeah. And I just wondered if you thought there was anything in particular that you're bringing to the game that causes that. Do you think you're just killing them because you're bored and ready to build a new character? Wow. Or that's something else going on. <laughs> that's really interesting. I hadn't <laughs> thought of it that way. I mean, I, I do have ADHD, so it is entirely possible that, that I see something shiny somewhere else and, and get sick of the one that I'm, I'm playing at the moment. Um, but I, I, I would think um, that that's actually more of a, of a table dynamic thing um, that, our groups, especially in D&D, tend to be pretty protective of characters and we tend to be pretty slow to act and react. And I think that my ADHD um, sort of gets me to a point where I'm like, you know, I, I'm just going to be the one who acts. Uh, I'm going to be the one who, who runs down that hallway. Um, and that tends to catch up to characters eventually. Um so I, I'm guessing that's probably where that comes from. Um, 
but it's so it's that is interesting. Definitely something you bring to the table, and not something in your character. It, absolutely, it's not your character that chooses to run down the hallway. I mean, every it, time. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I do, I do find that you know, as I was sort of self-analyzing before this show, uh, that. I do find that my characters, and I think this this may have something to do with it. Uh, my characters, especially in D anD D, tend to avoid responsibility um, and attachment. Um, so they tend to not really. I tend to form bonds with with one other character um, in all of my characters, which is weird because in, in my personal life, I'm not the kind of person who has a lot of friends. I have a few close friends. Um, you know, you people are pretty much it. <laughs> and uh, I, I, that definitely finds its way into my characters. And I don't know how to sort of get out of that. And I actually hadn't realized it until thinking about this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I do avoid sort of a- attachment to a storyline and feeling responsible for a storyline because I feel I have so much of that in my personal life that when I'm playing, I just want to let go, which I think is what probably leads to that character death that I, I, I tend to let go of, uh, you know, oh, I've got to, I've got to keep doing this thing so that I can get to that, whatever, solve this thing or kill that big bad or, you know, whatever the thing is, because I have to do that during the day. I don't want to do that when I play games. Um, right. I, that you know, I kind of, I kind of let that go. But that that sounds almost therapeutic, right? In that way, Absolutely. That you're packaging, you're packaging all of that up into your character over X period of time, and then, and then you sort of send that out, right? And it, <laughs> and it, they get, they get mauled, they die, they whatever happens, right? They go off on some like benign adventure, um, and then you come up with a new one that you fill up with all of this, <laughs> you know, time and angst or whatever it is. It's it's interesting. It's interesting take art. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 therapy. There actually is a lot of of therapeutic usage for um, for yeah. RPGs. Yeah, I, apparently I'm doing it and didn't realize. That's awesome. So I'm gonna take this back to Rick for a minute because before you really shouldn't look afraid every time I talk to you. It'll be okay. Okay. Before we were talking about the ways that your characters are unlike you. And I wondered if there is something just like Art has his uh, perhaps shorter attention span and drive to get things done and run down the hallway. Michael has his cinematic endings and quick character arcs. Is there anything you're aware of that you bring to characters over and over again, whether you intend to or not? Uh, that's a great question that I uh, hadn't thought about. So, um, chaos. Uh, so chaos. chaos is one. Well, and I think yeah, it's... chaos. But is that why? <sighs> no, I mean, I mean I, your, right. your day-to-day life isn't chaotic. No, it's pretty structured. <laughs> well, fair point. Yeah, really? It kind of is. No, it's not. It's okay, kind of all okay, over the place. Okay. I, guess, I guess form and function. Uh, no, I think the two things I would think about... One one is probably the cinematic, but from a different perspective. It's not about for me going out in necessarily a blaze of glory. It is having those cinematic moments as my character in gameplay as a player. And I sort of sought that out and really wanted that 
you know, that, that's the escapism. Mm-hmm. That is the hero element, right? That is the, I think what at least the subset of people playing RPGs really strives for and that you're able to sort of write, like have that brief moment of like, oh yeah, like, oh, I just jumped in that thing's mouth and I popped at its belly and saved the village <laughs> right? or whatever, right? Like we all thought about that, um, right? Everybody. So, uh, so, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Bueller. So, um, so yeah, so like that, right? Not necessarily the dying part or this like, this looks like denouement right of a, of a character arc and what i've taken then is that's my bias as a gm to bring this full circle in that i tend to look for that in the game maybe similar to michael but in a different lens not in terms of killing off folks in this blaze of glory but providing or facilitating those moments in game even asking them you know how do you how do you triumph how do you finish this thing off right in this sort of right like empowered way um and maybe that's like a bias and a tendency that could be a good or a bad thing. Some people maybe I don't enjoy that. But for me, I think that's part of the like allure of tabletop RPGs. So that's one. And the other in a very brief synopsis is in that I work around medicine. And so it is very um, much a crutch or at least a background for me to incorporate that right in some form or fashion into the characters. Um I think I did that more frequently with earlier characters because of yeah. my like need or desire to have something to to use as a ground, right? As a foundation. I think we talked about that earlier in these series, but um, I think now I'm able to get away from that a bit more. And so that's it's funny because um, I never play a musician. You will never catch me playing a bard. Hmm. Interesting. But actually, I think that may be a good place to wrap up unless any of the rest of you, I want to make sure you have an opening if you have any more pressing thoughts. Art, yeah. I, I, just, I just wanted to kind of um, bring in something that, that has come to mind here as we're talking about this. I think it's important for folks, and as I'm sort of self-analyzing and realizing that there are things that, that I'm bringing into uh, the role-playing space that uh, might be somewhat therapeutic for me, um, I, I think it's it's important for folks to to go through this exercise to to think about what are the parts of your personality that you're bringing into the game that you want to bring into the game, and what are the parts of your your outside the game life that you want to wall off from the game, and then to to have make sure that you have the space in your table to be able to communicate that to say hey these are the things that that I would like to do and these are the things that I'm not comfortable with. Uh, and to be in a space where the other folks around the table can do the same thing and can honor that those things that you're asking for, uh, I think that's a it's a it's an extremely important part of a, a really intimate table. Uh, and I, I would encourage folks to to sort of explore that a little bit, start having oh, those conversations you. both with yourself and and with your uh, your table. That is awesome because that is a perfect way to set up by ending my little conclusion which is simply that we don't have the answers to all of the questions in this episode we're not even sure exactly what all of the questions are however i think the one thing we can say with certainty is that if you take a little time to think about what it is you're bringing to the game identify those things you can find ways to use them to your advantage or at least not stumble on them and just be aware of that and how it may affect your decisions and your gameplay. On that note, it's going to put a wrap on this week's session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always find more information at upyourrpg.com. 
Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table.